getting pulled into him more. You just feel this pull. Oh, my God. You're so wonderful. You're so wonderful. So wonderful. So wonderful. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Amen. Hopefully you have your Bibles or your smartphones or your iPads or your laptop. And hopefully you have those with you. I want you to turn with me to the book of Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. Let's dig into the word of the Lord tonight again. It's good to see every one of you. I greet you in the heavenly name of Jesus the Christ. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, don't ever let this become common to you. Don't ever let the name of Jesus become common to you. Don't ever let uh, Christianity become common to you. This is going to always be rare. You know, the Bible says we were saved by the precious blood. It means it's rare blood. It means that there is nothing like it. And living for God, having a relationship with him, knowing who he is, understanding his word, it's never common. It's never common. Numbers chapter 6. We'll read from verse 22 through 27. I always promise myself, I know I talk fast at times. I've been telling myself for years, slow down, slow down, talk slow, emphasize your words, and maybe you will do a better job imparting God's word or bringing understanding to God's people in teaching the word. So I'm going to try that tonight and see how that works. <laughs> Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. The word of the Lord says, And the Lord spake unto Moses. Who spoke to Moses? Saying. So, the Lord spoke to Moses, and here is what he said to Moses. He said to Moses, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, on this wise, ye shall be blessed, or ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. So Moses, the Lord spoke to Moses, Moses spoke to Aaron, and now it is now Aaron's responsibility to go and speak the blessings of God to God's people. So here is how Aaron would, or how he said, or spoke the blessings of God over God's people. In verse 24, the scripture says, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. So Aaron spoke these words unto the children of Israel, God's people. But understand the words that Aaron spoke 
are words of blessings. Words of blessings. That's the word that he spoke. Words of blessings. The words that he spoke was also the word of God. God was the one that told Moses to pass it on to Aaron and Aaron spoke it. So God told Moses to tell Aaron, this is how you will bless the people. And so he spoke words of blessings upon the people. But understand this, the words that he spoke upon the people that are words of blessings were the words of God. Make sense? So you can't bless anybody if you're not speaking the word of God. So when we like to say that we're blessed or we like to say bless you, okay, let's define that a little bit. Let's work with that a little bit because it's not that simple. If you're going to bless somebody, you have to speak God's words of blessing in their life and that's how they get blessed. I can't say bless you and you bless. Bless you what? Mm Mm-hmm. Verse 24, listen to this again. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Had nothing to do with Aaron had nothing to do with Moses, had nothing to do with their talents, had nothing to do with their abilities. They spoke the word of God to bless the people of Israel. That's how the people of Israel were blessed, because the word of God was spoken over them. So we want to be a blessing to people. We have to speak the word of God over their life. Tonight I want to talk to you on this topic. Prayers God hears. Prayers God hears. I know we want to feel like God hears every prayer. And if you want to be technical, he does hear all prayers. But he don't respond to every prayer. So technically God hears every prayer. I don't want you to say, well, Pastor... How are you going to say prayers that God hears? God is sovereign and he hears and knows everything. Yes, that's true. But there are some prayers he don't respond to. And there are some prayers he have to respond to. So we need to make sure we're always praying the prayers that he has to respond to. And that's what we're going to try to narrow down tonight so we can begin to pray prayers that is very important. The Lord is good to us. He's on our side and nothing can defeat us. No one can defeat us. But don't think the adversary won't try. (laughs) Satan will always try to see if he can get you to give up so he can annihilate you. Because that's the only way he can get you. Is if he gets you to walk away from God. That's the only way he can annihilate you. 
And he will always work at trying to get you to walk away from God because that's how he wants to get you to get away from God so he can do whatever he wants with your life. And so we're in a time in our ministry in this church where this is our work. God has already prophesied. God didn't prophesy, God spoke, but to us is a prophecy because it hasn't happened yet. But in God's way, it are, it's already done. We just haven't embraced it yet. We haven't walked in it yet. So God has already said what he is going to do. And we know God has already said what he's going to do. And we feel pretty confident that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. But that means that Satan has to come to try to cast a shadow of doubt in your mind. That means Satan has to come and stir and mess with you to see if you can be one of the ones to not get what God promised that he would do. And so I believe that we are, we, not me, we are close to some kind of breakthrough to some kind of blessing, to some kind of opportunity that God has for us. And so Satan is kind of stirring. But you don't have to worry about his stir because God already said what he's going to do. And the only thing will stop what God will do is if you just walk away so you don't experience it. Because God is going to do what he's going to do. So the only way you won't get or experience it is if you decide, all right, I'm not going to wait. I'm just going to get discouraged. I'm going to just walk away from this. But anytime God make promises to us, the devil will try to cause us to walk away from the position that God wants us to be in to, to receive the promises of God. Throughout scripture, we discover that God provided blessing to those who prayerfully Followed his will for their life. Let me say that again. Throughout scripture. We discovered that God provided blessings. To those who prayerfully followed his plan. For their lives. And I got to say that probably. That's where we really need to take stock. And start to pay attention enough. And, and to evaluate plenty. If we're following God's will for our life. Because as long as we're doing that, the blessings of God will be upon us. As we have seen, as, as we've read, I should say, Aaron was commanded to speak blessings over the people of God. He was called to pray a specific priestly blessing that would bring about the Lord's favor demonstrating the necessity for dependence upon God. Can I say this? Until you fully embrace that you are dependent upon God, you're going to miss out. I don't know if we fully believe that we are in total dependence upon God. You can depend on yourself. You can depend on somebody else. You can depend upon your finances. You can depend upon things that, that you feel like, okay, you know, I, they're good resources. You can depend on those things. But I, I'm here to tell you they're short-lived when you depend upon yourself. 
When you depend upon your substance and your resources, that's not good enough. And so we have to conclude as children of God more than anything else that we are totally dependent on God. When, when we don't pray, that's one way of saying to ourselves, I'm not depending on God. The least you pray, the more you become self-centered. The more you pray, the more you become Christ-centered. All right. The least you pray, the more you become Self-centered. The more you pray, the more you become Christ-centered. We're trying to be Christ-centered. I am not confident and I am not comfortable depending on myself. I'm not. I don't know if you are, but I'm not. In each line of the priestly prayer, God is the subject. You notice when we were reading the Lord bless thee and keep thee, we were seeing it was always the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. God was the subject in those lines of what we read. God was the subject, not anyone else or or anything else. God was the subject. So the word says, as, as it was laid out, that God will bless them. That God will keep them. That God will make His face to shine upon them. That God will be gracious unto them. That God will lift up His countenance upon them and give them peace. It was all about God. He was the subject. We can only be blessed... By releasing the things of God, speaking the word of God over people's life. That's how we bless people. The verbs used in the portion of scriptures denote the action and demonstrate God's compassion and gracious will for the lives of his people. So let's break down what those words meant. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. I pray that prayer pretty, pretty, pretty often, especially over my children. The word bless means, anytime you hear the word bless, when you're talking about biblical blessings, when you hear bless, just think of it as this. The Lord honors and favors you. When, 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 when I says, Tom, be blessed in the name of the Lord, what I'm saying is, God's honor and God's favor on your life. Because we want to equate goodness, blessings with again, substance, stuff we're receiving. Give me something and that makes me know that I'm blessed. Remember we talked about that some weeks ago. If I get something, if you give me something, if I have a lot of things, it means I'm blessed. That could be true, but that could be false too. You can't be any more blessed when God is honoring and favoring you. 
What did it say? Favor and fear ain't fair. When God's favor is on your life, when God has blessed you, honoring you and favoring you, I don't know about you, but I know for me, it become almost a conundrum. You appreciate God's blessing and you can't be any happier because God is showing you favor and God is honoring you. The problem is some people don't like that or won't like that because they're not looking at it as God's favor in your life. They're looking at it as somehow you're doing something that nobody else knows about. So you must be up to no good why that's happening to you. Why don't we understand that God loves us? Why don't we understand that it doesn't matter who we are, that God loves us and God died for us so any one of us at any time can have the favor and the honor of God in our life? What's so hard to believe in that? But when God begins to show you Favor and honor. When the Lord blesses you, somehow, somehow, instead of people say, man, you are blessed. I can truly see you're blessed because I can see God's favor and I can see God honoring you. You're blessed. Why don't we just say that to people? As opposed to trying to figure out what they're doing that I'm not doing. What they up to. The word bless means to honor, means God honors and favors you. The word keep means God guards, protect, and attend to you. So when we said the Lord bless thee and keep thee, it means that I'm saying to my children or I'm saying to whomever I'm praying for, I am saying God honor them and give them favor, guard, protect, and attend to them. That's what I'm saying when I said the Lord bless thee and keep thee. Oh, that's how we need to pray for people. Make his face to shine upon thee. When God make his face to shine upon us, it means that there is light that will come into our life. And that light, what does light do? It brings illumination. Light brings revelation. So when God honors you and favors you, protects you, guards you and attends to you, he also will give you illumination and revelation. His face is shining upon you. So somebody see you and they say, man, you just look bright and something is going on with you. That's the Lord's face shining upon you. And the Lord giving you revelation, illumination, he giving you clarity in what's going on. And be gracious unto you. When the Bible says God be gracious unto you, you know what it's saying? He is bending down. He is stooping down to show you kindness. It means that you are in a lower position and he lowered himself to come down and show you kindness. God is good. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. That's telling us that God is displaying his acceptance 
towards us. He's showing us, I accept you. And peace is referring to being whole and sound in mind. Being whole and sound in mind. That's what gives you peace. When you're whole, everything is together and you're sound in your mind. That's God's countenance being upon you. He's accepting you. He is, he's smiling. You, you ever notice sometimes we don't have to, we don't have to uh, say a whole lot of word, but if I walk by you and I just give you a smile, if I, if I let my countenance be radiant towards you, you know I approve of you. I don't have to always say, hey, what's going on? But when I see you and my countenance light up, it means I care. I accept. There's something. I just want you to know that, yes, you mean something to me. And when God's countenance is upon us, what he's saying is, I approve of you. I accept you. That's a prayer of blessing, praying the blessings of God upon somebody. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Hmm. When you hear God talk about that name stuff, that's big. Because name deals with identity name deal with identity and so we got to know how important that is when when we decide we don't realize there's just some things we take for granted and sometimes it's what hinders us from being what we need to be I'm just watching over there because somebody will get in trouble tonight. But, but, but we don't realize that everything about our Christian walk is meaningful. But because we've been trained all our life to overlook a lot of things and only pay attention to the things that mean something to us, we miss a lot of things in God. One of the things we miss is when we become born again of the water and of the spirit, we don't realize that we take on, we now took on the name of Jesus. What does the name really mean? It means my identity has changed and my character has changed. When you become born again and you take on the name, because that's what you do when you get baptized in the name. Of Jesus. When you get baptized in the name of Jesus, it means that you are now, it's a, it means a lot of things, but one of the things that it means is you are taking on a new name. And name is an identity. And what it means is you are a different person and your character has been changed. This is why the Bible says that when we repent, God says, I remember your sins no more. I, I am, your sins has been washed away because you have, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are a new creature in Christ. Your name has been changed. Your character is different. And so you're brand new right now. So you gotta live like you are somebody different from what you used to be. I'll prove it to you in the Old Testament. Jacob, his name was given to him by his father's name, Jacob. You know what Jacob means? Jacob means supplanter. 
supplanter, S-U-P-P-L-A-N-T-E-R, supplanter. That's what Jacob means. What that means is that a supplanter is one to take hold of the the possession of others. A supplanter, one who take hold of the possession of others. When Jacob was born, he came out second. But the Bible says that Jacob grabbed after the heel of his brother Esau when they were coming out of the womb. So just coming out, of, even coming out of the womb, he was grabbing after others. And we come to learn that Jacob, guess what? He grabbed after his brother's birthright. He grabbed after his brother's blessing that his father prayed for him. And he grabbed after his father-in-law, eventual father-in-law's herds. He was always grabbing for something that belonged to somebody else. Or grabbing after somebody else. That's when his name was Jacob. But then God met him. We might talk about this Sunday. We got a word from the Lord for Sunday. Y'all better come Sunday, bring somebody. But that's when the Lord met Jacob. And Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And Jacob wouldn't let go the angel of the Lord until he was blessed. Favor and honor. And the angel of the Lord says, okay, what's your name? He says, Jacob. He says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but your name will be Israel. Man, God changed that man's name from supplanter to a whole nation. You see, you see the whole blessing thing? Honor and favor. So when he became, when God changed his name from supplanter Jacob to Israel, now He has a name that's honorable. Now he has a, 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 he has favor with God because, because, because Israel has favor with God. So he went from supplanter to Israel. Favor and honor with God. So when your name is changed, by God, it means something. We, 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 I say it all the time. The Kardashians walk around like the Kardashians, whatever that means to you. Yeah, y'all laughing, but guess what? You know, people talk about the Kardashian, say they're the greatest hoax in America. Because they don't understand how these people became multi, multi million dollar millionaires. They don't understand how it happened. But all they know now is the Kardashians is multi, multi million dollar people. How did it happen? And so now they're walking around with a name that when they say it, people have different responses. But at the end of the day, you know what's the number one response? They're millionaires. So people have different responses to that name, different thoughts when they hear that name. But one thing you can't deny, they're millionaires. When you think about Rockefeller, you know what that means. Millionaires. And so somehow, Brother D, 
We don't walk around like we have taken on the name of Christ. We don't walk around like we have authority. I just told you we have authority. I just prayed like we have authority to loose blessing upon people. We have authority to bind things that come against us because we have taken on the name of Jesus. And the Bible already says that Peter, thou art Peter. And he says that whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What you want? earthly money that can be corrupted or have favor in heaven where you can speak things in the earth and it gotta happen. What you want? What do you want? What do you prefer? How you want to live? You rather the Kardashian name? You rather the Obama name? What name you want? Or you want the name that's been assigned to you when you got born again of the water and of the spirit? Is that the name you want? Or do you want the name of this world? Prayers that God hears. That model prayer shows us that it is imperative For us to pray according to God's will. We have to seriously learn how to pray according to God's will and not just pray how we want to pray. We always pray prayers of monologues and never realize prayer is a dialogue. We say what we want to God and then we go about our business. He can catch me. He know where I'm at, so let him talk to me when he's ready. So you wanted to sit down and say your peace, but God have to catch up with you to say his peace. What motivates our prayers? Anybody know what motivates your prayers? What motivates our prayers? Is it a desire to see God's plan and purpose unfold in your life? Or... Are we just asking God to bless what we're doing? God, bless me as I go to work today. What if God wanted you to call out and have a prayer meeting at home? What if he just wanted you to stay home from school? College, that is, because your parents want you to go to high school. But what if he just wanted you to stay home from college that day and pray? Wanted you not to go to work that day, but stay home and pray. You're going to tell him, bless me as I go to work. Are we praying prayers for God to do what we want? Or we're praying prayers according to God's purpose for our life? That's where the big issue is. While we sometimes live so far beneath the, 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 the authority that we have and the favor we have and the honor God has bestowed upon us, we have lived so far beneath those because we're praying the wrong way. We're praying to tell God, here's what I want you to do, God. We're praying, ordering God around. We're not praying and praying the will of God for our life. It can be tempting to simply pray in a way that will align with our will. It's easy. It's easy. 
You've got your life that you live every day. You've got your way of how you do things. And, and it's easy to just tell God to help you with it. Lord, help me do this. Lord, help me do that. That's your stuff, though. However, to ask God to keep us acknowledges our need and dependence on him every day. Every day. This is why we got to pray every day because we have to always humble ourselves and let him need, let him know we need him every day. Not just some days, not just when it's going good or not just when we're having a hard day, but I need him every day. We are called to follow God's plan for our lives and be motivated to please him through how we pray. How are you praying? How are you praying? Because if you're praying for God to support what you're doing and not praying for God's will to be done in your life, then you're going to feel like nothing is happening. And in this day and age when we feel like nothing is happening, we give up and try to move to the next thing. And we're doing that in church. This ain't working. So we try to move to the next thing. We're trying to move to a place where we can get get some movement, some traction. Who do we think we are that we, every time we open our mouth, God got to do something? God is the sovereign God. God is the all-knowing God. God is the all-powerful God. And so we need to acclimate ourselves to what he is doing and us not thinking that he needs to be doing what we're asking him to do. And that's where our prayers get a little twisted is when we start praying for our will, for God to support what we're doing. God, will, will, will you... Uh, Bless me today as I go and do blah, 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 blah. We want God to bless us to do whatever we're doing. And that's not what God is all about. God is saying, I have set the order in motion. I have set the order in motion. Now you need to pray and ask me, what am I doing? And follow what I'm doing. Not pray whatever you want. Here are four essentials in praying God's will. There are four essentials that's praying God's will. The first one is uh, humility. The second one is faith. The third one is hope. And the fourth one is blessings. So four essentials to praying God's will. Humility, faith, hope, and blessings. Praying according to God's will with humility is essential. Human wisdom allow for people to accomplish a work with carnal abilities. When you pray for God to bless what you're doing, it can only be but so much. It can only accomplish but so much because it's all going to be done with carnal ability with what you are capable of doing when you pray and ask God to do something for you God bless me as I do this it can only be by carnal ability that that's that's as far as it can go with human human carnal ability it will never be supernatural 
Because you're telling him to support what you're doing. Which means you're doing it and he's just supporting you. What do I mean by that? So, Brother Luke, you're doing something and you're saying, God, help me. You're still the one doing it. So how much can he really help you when you're doing it? That's how we pray. God, help me. Okay, he's saying, oh, I'll encourage you. I'll encourage you. I'll I'll give you thoughts. But you're doing it and you're limited. You're doing it and you're limited. You're trying to perform it and you're limited. So when you ask for God to help you, you're asking him to still get involved with something that's limited. Because you're limited. So when we pray with human wisdom and, 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 and seek God for, 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 for answers through our human abilities, it will be minimal, minimal in what we will receive. Whereas godly wisdom infuses us with supernatural direction and understanding. So what I want to pray is pray a prayer where God does the work and not us. <laughs> That's the prayer I want to pray. Not God, let me. No, God, you. What did Raymond Woodward say last Friday? I'm not, but he is. He is the, he's the one that gets it done. But somehow we have, I don't know, tricked ourselves in thinking we get it done. No, we can only get the, the human part of it done. But when we are praying to God, most of us are asking for supernatural things to get done. Most of us are asking for things that only God can do. But we're telling God, use me to do it. No, you can't do it. God can. So I gotta pray the prayers that only God can do if I'm looking for a supernatural response. Yes. So, when I says, God, bless Tom and keep Tom and let your face shine upon, guess what I did? I told God to do it. And I'm not ordering him around because we can't order God around. I'm only echoing what God already said. So I didn't order him around. Just said it twice. So I didn't order God around. When I say, God, bless and keep my children. Let your face shine upon them and be gracious unto them. God, bless and keep Christ in the church. Let your face shine upon them and be gracious unto them. When I pray that prayer, I am praying God's will. And I didn't put myself in it because I can't do nothing. I can't bless you. But God can bless you. And that's how we got to start looking at our prayer, praying the prayers that God will be the one that's doing the work, that God is the one that's making it all work, not you. But as long as you pray, God, help me to do this. God, help me to do that. I'm not saying God can't enlighten you and taking a test and bring back things to your memory and all that. That's different. But again, that's carnal. That's still human. Still human. So I'm not worried about that. We can pray for God's help to do human things. 
But we, in this hour, we need a whole lot of godly things. Because believe it or not, in this day and age, we're so smart as human beings. We are so ahead of the curve now in our intellect and all that. We can figure some things out. We can get some responses, some actions for some stuff. So we, we can do a lot of things these days. This is why we're not following after God anyway. It's because we feel like we've been we too intelligent. So I can pray and ask God to help me in my carnal ways of doing on our jobs. God help me to really be very good at my job. God help me to have favor on my job. That's cool. That's cool. It's still a carnal thing. But when I say, God, will you save my children? Listen, that ain't carnal. That's supernatural. And nobody can do that but God. But he did say that when we get saved, he said the promise is unto us and to our children and to all of them that are far off. So I can pray again those prayers because it's God's will. The Bible says it's God's will that all be saved and that none will perish. The Bible says God says he came to seek and to save all that which was lost. So God is constantly in a mode of saving people. So when I say that, I'm just praying the will of God. But maybe people being saved is not that important to us. Maybe we just want to pray the prayers for God to do something for, for, for us. You know, you know how we like to do it. Listen, I was saying something to somebody the other day. Let you all in a secret. I said a long time ago, if I wanted to be a crooked preacher, I would come and preach to you about what God's going to do for you. First person to come up and bring $20, God's going to bless you. Am I saying that somebody, people haven't said that in God? God has told people that and they've done. I'm not saying that that's not true. I'm just saying, I'm telling you how I could be a crooked preacher. Y'all allow preachers to be crooked. Uh huh. Put y'all on the spot. Y'all will allow preachers to be crooked. How? Because all the preacher got to do is tell you what you want to hear. All you want to hear, you just want a preacher to preach about what you want, what you want to hear. That's it. And when a preacher come up and says this, God's going to do it. And the next five people to come up and touch the altar and drop a $20 bill, you're going to see God multiply and your rent going to be paid and everybody come. Listen to me. I'm going to give you a first hand, first hand, first hand. Y'all ain't going to like this. Years ago. Till this day when this preacher see me, me and him cool like that. But I know what happened. But years ago, this preacher came to our church. He's a prophet, genuine, bona fide prophet. But one of the things that he said to us was he wanted to take his own offering. Well, we said, no problem. I mean, that's good. We want to be a blessing. We said, okay. And so the Sunday morning when he preached, he says, I'm preaching tonight because that was his last night. And he says, come bring somebody. The Lord is going to say some things. He was the most accurate prophet ever came in our church to speak. So he's not crooked. But here is what I'm saying about us. And so he preached, preached, preached. And then he says, all right, I'm going to take an offering. One minute, no longer. I don't even know he said one minute. He said 30 seconds, no longer. He said, I'm going to take an offering. There's a Mac machine across the street. In the parking lot, people ran to that map machine. People, it was, listen, 
when, when we counted the offering for the man to turn over the offering, one Sunday night service to turn over the offering, the man had collected over $5,000 in our night service. Over $5,000. We didn't have that in the morning for the general offering when everybody was there. But that night service, we collected over 5000 You know why? He was telling people about themselves. They wanted to hear about themselves. So they gave up the money. Tell you what I know. So if a preacher wanted to be crooked, all he got to do is tell you what you want to hear and you're going to keep coming. I preach to you about what you want to hear, you feel good. I preach to you and tell you about Jesus, nobody budge. We better be careful. We better be careful. There should be no more me- no message more powerful than when I start talking about Jesus, we need to start running. We need to start jumping. We need to start singing. We need to start dancing. We need to start clapping. When we talk about Jesus, it's supposed to be off the chain in our services because that's really who is the one that works for us and is on our side and who makes it happen for us. I can preach to you all I want about how good you are and what God's going to do, but the bottom line is God has to be the one to do it. Why should you worry about you? Worry about him. And because our world has become more self-centered in this day and age more than any other time, now when we preach about Jesus, people okay? And they say, yeah. But if I want people to start shaking a leg, just tell them, mm, and sing preach. Start getting, mm, your blessing is on its way. I can see it right now and God is doing something in your life. I know there's a situation that's going on, but God has told me, if you would just hold on. I don't preach like that. If you ever hear me preach like that, you just stand and say, that's the Holy Ghost. Because dude don't preach like that. That's, just know that. If you ever hear me going off like that, that is straight God just making me do that. Please, you just hold on a little while longer. We like that. And then when I tell you that Jesus went to Calvary, you sitting there. Yeah, I'm glad he went to Calvary. One of the things that I I said that I wanted to do, I realized, I don't know, you can look at it either way you want to, but having my last children at the age I have them, I said, man, I'm probably going to be older than most of the parents of their friends. So I told myself, Man, I got to keep myself in shape. I got to look healthy and keep myself young. Because I don't want to go to uh, school for my children and, and not represent them. I've always felt that way, even with the older ones. I always felt like when I go to my children's school, I want them to be proud. I want them to say, oh, that's my dad over there. I don't want them to see me come like, oh, mm, mm, mm. Let me, I don't want them to know that's my dad. I want them to be, dad, dad. 
want to be proud of who I am. I want them to want to take me wherever they're going. I want them to say, this is my dad. You don't think Jesus want that too? You don't think Jesus want us to jump and shout and sing because of who he is to us? You don't think Jesus want us to celebrate and just worship and praise because of who he is to us? You don't think he want that? You know what he has done for us? What he has done for us, none of us has done for any one of our children. But when we talk about Jesus, all we can say is, oh, that's pretty good. Why? Because I didn't say something for you that specifically dealt with you. Remember when the Lord, when we said the Lord bless thee and keep thee, it means God honor and favor. What more do you need that's more important than God's honor and favor in your life? God's favor? It means no weapon formed against you will prosper. See, we say that and we like that. Yeah, but you know why? Because God is the one that will defend you. That's why no weapon formed against you. But if I say God is your defender, you say, mmm. But if I said no weapon, you're going to start doing your little dance. Ooh. Oh, you're going to do your little dance. If I said no weapon, you, 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 the preachers preach that too. They drag that. And I said God said no weapon. Oh, they do a shout dance on that. No weapon. They, they do a shout dance. But they forgot who is the defender? Why the no weapon? Why the no weapon will prosper? It's because God is your defender. When I say he is my shield and my buckler, I'm celebrating him because he is the one that shields me. He is the one that hides me. He is the one that protects me. I'm not shouting for me, but I'm shouting because of who he is. That's what made me shout. We got to get that real good. I'm shouting because of who God is. I have no hope without him. I'm not going to amount to be anything without him. So I'm shouting because of him. Prayers. God hears. What motivates us to pray the way we pray? Here's a question that maybe one of you can answer. How do we humbly approach the Lord in prayer? How do we humbly approach the Lord in prayer? Anybody want to take a shot at how do we humbly approach the Lord in prayer? Yes, sir. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Submission. Submission is a really good one. When we pray according to according to God's will, what we're saying is that we are dependent on Him, and really, that's the true essence of humility is to every day live your life realize I'm totally dependent upon him if he do I'm in trouble if he don't protect me I'm in trouble if he don't do what he needs to do every day I'm in trouble and so the way I exist and live and move and have my being is because of him that's real humility and that's the way you will always 
be ready to give him the praise because you're realizing without him, I'm nothing. I, I, I can be nothing. I can accomplish nothing. And so true humility is submission to God. It's knowing that it's because of him. It's not because of me. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. So when you approach the Lord, if you're approaching him in humility, you're, you're approaching from the standpoint of letting him know how desperate you are in need of him. That's how you approach him in humility. Lord, you are my God. Lord, you are the one that giveth life. You breathe into me and I became a living soul. I only exist because of you. I can only accomplish anything. I can only accomplish things through you. For you said, I can do all things through Christ. But on my own, I can do nothing, Lord. These are the ways you approach God in humility. That's a good way of getting your prayers started if you plan to get them answered. If you plan to get God to respond to your prayer, you better start that prayer with humility. So you know, because he's he already know, but you know that you need him. He is not your genie. He is not your toy. You're not going to order him around. He's not your butler. You're going to him knowing you're totally dependent upon him. And you're not going to order him, but you're going to say, God, I'm in trouble without you. What will you have me to do? What will you have me to do, Lord? So, humility is one of the essentials in praying the will of God. Then faith. Praying according to God's will by speaking faith is another essential to pray in the will of God. So you have to pray releasing faith. Praying in a manner that is according to what God's will requires we speak words of faith. The instruction given to Aaron for prayer provided the path for their nation to receive the blessings available from the Lord. Praying, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you is an example of a faith-filled prayer. Prayer is a powerful created force. As we pray, we often speak things about the future as though they are in the present. In our own lives, we're often called to pray faith-filled prayers over people. In the name of Jesus, I release you from addiction right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I release you. From the strongholds that is in your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I release upon you the love of God. In the name of Jesus. I release upon you the power of God. That's faith. I'm speaking it into existence. I'm speaking it like it's happening right now. We have the right to pray those prayers. Because those are prayers according to God's will. And so we need to pray according to God's will. Faith-filled prayers. Prayers that is, is, is being prayed in faith. In our own lives, 
We have to pray those things and we have to pray those things over people as well because they're faith filled prayers. Now, look at this in James chapter one. Now I'm almost done. We're almost there. James chapter one, verse five through six says this. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraided not. And it shall be given him. So God is saying, if you lack wisdom, all you got to do is ask. Anybody know what wisdom is? Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge. So if you don't know how to apply what you learn, what, 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 what you have received through the preaching and the teaching, if you don't know how to apply it, God says, ask for wisdom and he will give to you. So God knew that some of us will hear the word of God and we wouldn't know what to do with it. We wouldn't understand it quite well. God knew that, but he says, If that's the case, just ask of wisdom from me. Verse 6 though. But let him ask in faith. You got to ask knowing that God says I want to give that to you. And because God want to give it to you, then he's going to give it to you. God don't tease us. God don't withhold any good thing from us. All good and perfect gifts come from up above. God don't withhold any good thing from us. So if we need wisdom, all we got to say is, God, I know you want me to have wisdom. It is your will that I have wisdom that I don't lack wisdom. And so I pray and ask in the name of Jesus Christ that wisdom be released from you upon me in the name of Jesus. I'm asking in faith. Not wavering for the for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. So we need to understand that we need to pray in faith and ask for God, ask God for what is missing. I can pray the same prayer for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, give uh, Kamal wisdom. Give Kamal wisdom that every time he hears the preach word, every time he hears the teaching of the word of God, you will fill his mind with wisdom to apply the teaching that he receives. I pray this in the name of Jesus. I have no doubt that Kamal will receive wisdom, that Kamal already have the wisdom from God. James chapter 5 verse 14 says this, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. See, we in the Bible. Okay, some of you don't know why we anoint with oil and pray over people. This is Bible. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith. That word prayer was singular. And the prayer, it means when you pray that prayer, that specific prayer, that prayer must be prayed in faith. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. So somebody's sick, I can say in the name of Jesus and anoint them with oil. I can anoint them with oil and say in the name of Jesus. I pray God's healing upon you right now in the name of Jesus. 
I pray it in faith. I don't have to keep praying over and over. I pray in the name of Jesus that you be healed from your sickness, that you be whole in your body in the name of Jesus. And the Lord, look at this, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Again, if you're praying prayers according to God's will, you're praying prayers that God is the one that's responsible for doing the work. So if you want to know am I praying God's will, start thinking about the work that goes into what you're praying. Is it something you doing or is it something God is doing? Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. That ye may be healed. Huh. 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 Confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another. That you may be healed. That's some good stuff right there. The conversation is supposed to be had sometimes. I like what it says confess your faults and and pray. So Tom, it didn't say confess your sins because nobody can remove your sins. That's not what it says. So nobody can remove your sins. So I can't go to you and confess my sin. That makes no sense. Right? But I can go to you and says, Tom, every morning when I wake up to pray, I pray for like 30, just like, like, Two minutes and all of a sudden I'm, I, I'm just worn out and I'm not tired. I'm, I just feel tired and I can't seem to pray. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just can't pray a lot. Something is wrong there. Is that a sin? It's not a sin. But I'm trying to pray, but I just can't pray a lot. It just seems like after a couple of minutes I'm struggling. I don't know what that is. I just confess my fault. And now I'm saying, but why don't you pray with me on that? We need to pray about that, that I will not struggle to pray the prayers of faith. So pray with me on that. So 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 there are times when we have to we have to talk to each other, talk about what we're struggling with. You know, we we so worried about uh, image and status, image and status drive me crazy. You can worry about image and status when you're not a Christian. Because what you're, when you're not a Christian, you are responsible for your accomplishments. You're responsible for your identity. But when I become a child of God, I'm no longer in charge. So I don't have the right to start to compare anymore because how God is working in my life and how he's working in your life is up to him. So status gets thrown out the door because I don't know how God is working in me. I don't know how God is working in you. And so we have to take it as it come because God is the author of what's going on in our life. So when I'm a Christian and I'm walking around and I'm worried about status and worried about my image, I am deceived by the, by, by, by the way I'm living. I am living a deceived life as a Christian when I'm worried about my image and status in God. I'm supposed to just let it flow. It is what it is. 
God is in control of my life. We worry about mistakes that we make. I say it all the time. What would we do if Moses was living in our days? What would we do if, 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 if David was living in our days? What would we do if Peter was living in our days? What would we do with the woman that was caught in adultery? What would we do with the woman that was caught at the well, that when Jesus met at the well? What would we do with Noah? These are people that's in the Bible that we say, man, God put them in the Bible and, 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 and we, and we give praise for their life that they live. But I'm talking about murderers. I'm talking about adulterers. I'm talking about people that denied Christ. I'm talking about bad people. As we would like to say in church, we would make them look like they're the worst. But we're reading about them in the Bible. These are things that I've learned for myself that I'm just like, forget about people. If they don't want to be Christians, that's their business. I'm going to be a Christian. And being a Christian means, guess what? You can't tell me nothing you ever did wrong that I'm like shocked. I'm like, it's going to be all right. Just don't leave God. Don't walk away from God. It's going to be all right because God is for us. I don't know what caused you to do that, but let's just trust God in this. And the only thing I can do is pray for you. And, and if there's something I can do to tell you so you never get back in that situation, then now I'll tell you that. But we act like, oh, you're the worst. We act like, oh, I'm better than them. Now your status good because you never messed up that way, but they messed up that way. We, we, we're, not, we're not Christians. We're not being sharp Christians. We're not being really understanding what this is all about. It, it, we got to get this. We got to get this. I just talk, talk, talk to you about murderers. I just talked to you about, uh, about adulterers. I just talked to you about women that was divorced um, five times. Just talk to you about the man that's, that saved his family. We, we, we make an example that Noah was one of the most successful people in the Bible because he saved his family from the flood. That his whole family was the only one saved from all of that catastrophe. Noah and his family saved. And so we, we, we called Noah a success. But after the ark landed, guess what Noah did? He got drunk. Yeah, we don't want to hear stuff like that. Noah got drunk after that ark stopped. Oh, he ain't no Christian? He's not a Christian? Well, when you, get, you get to heaven, ask God why he was in the Bible then. Because he was in there to help us, to let us know, ain't nah, ain't nah one of y'all going to be perfect. Because if any one of y'all was perfect, I wouldn't have to come out of heaven. That's the problem. That's why we can't judge and give each other a hard time. Because if there was one perfect, God wouldn't have to come out of heaven. He don't let that one perfect guy or gal die for our sins. But wasn't none of us perfect. So he had to come down. Why we give each other a hard time? Let's go back to praying God's will. Praying according to God's will uh, by providing hope. Hope is available through the power of the Lord's will unfolding in the lives of his believers. Though they did not see the result. Listen to this. Let me tell you this. Don't judge what's going on with, with, with are you going to get to heaven before you die. The children of Israel... They didn't, a lot of them didn't, didn't, didn't uh, get to live out the promise. They didn't get to the promised land. Moses didn't get to the promised land. Did y'all know that? 
But here's the deal. He never lost hope because on the journey, God kept showing up and doing things in your life. So what we need to make sure we understand is as long as God is, is showing up in our journey that he's taking us on and, and doing things in our lives, we got to know that God is for us. A lot of times we're wanting the big picture to just unfold. We want to just get everything that God promised and we don't, we're not God. As long as God is showing up on the everyday journey, helping you, blessing you, protecting you, providing for you, just know that he's with you and while the end is probably far off and you're not getting there quickly like you want to, just understand every day God is taking care of you. Don't let the devil trip you up and deceive you in thinking because what you desire and what you're, what you're reaching after, it's not happening right now. You're thinking, well, God don't care and God ain't blessing me. No, every day you wake up and have the breath of life in your lungs. Every day you have food on your table. Every day that you have health and strength. Every day you have your right mind to say, I need to go to church. Every day you're able to say, I need to pray and you pray. That's telling you God is working in you and with you every day. Don't let the devil trip, trip you up. If God was was really working with you, you would have this. Oh no, he shows up in my life every day. Every day he shows up in my life. And so we need to know that we need to pray in hope. Though they did not see the end result of their journey, they experienced hope by receiving daily blessings. Daily blessings. And finally, we need to pray according to God's will and release blessings. We need to pray according to God's will by releasing blessings. As believers, we are called to pray according to God's will, releasing his blessings and favor in lives daily. It doesn't matter who it is. Just release blessings. Pray and release blessings in your workplace. Pray and release blessings in our communities. We need to pray and release blessings wherever we go. We are the children of God and we have that, that we have that authority. As children of God, we have the authority says, I release blessings in my workplace. I release strength in my workplace. I release blessings in my home. I release blessings in my community. You can do that. And God will back you up on that because you're praying God's will. God wants to bless us all. God wants to honor and, 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 and care for us. He wants, he, he wants to take care of us. And so we need to pray those things. God will do it if we will pray it. A lot of things are not happening because we're the vehicle that God wants to use to get it to happen. But we won't say anything. We won't open up our mouth. We won't speak the word of God. And God is waiting for us to begin to speak the word of God. When we come together on Sundays, we need to speak the word of God and not just sit on our hands. We are called to release blessings. When we bless others, we help them grow in faith and receive all God has in store for their lives. Praying prayers of blessings for others releases their God-orchestrated destiny. That's what we're doing. We're releasing the blessings of God in people's life so they can walk in their God-orchestrated destiny. 
We're called to step out in faith and pray blessings over others. Sometimes we will be close to a person. Other times we won't be. But it doesn't matter how close we are or not. We need to begin to pronounce blessings. We need to begin to speak blessings over people's life. A prayer that is prayed according to God's will is a prayer that he will hear and respond to in a supernatural way. So when you want to experience the supernatural power of God, we need to begin to pray God's will. This is why. Do you know when somebody get born again and they repent of their sins and they get baptized in Jesus? That's something supernatural. Somebody being saved is more supernatural than somebody being healed. <laughs> so we need to pray and release the supernatural power of God for people to be saved. And so when you come in here, the Bible says, if I be lifted up, Jesus says, if I be lifted up, then I will draw all men. Me and my boss, I love this. Y'all love this. Man, I thank God for my job. My boss came to the site today. He don't come all the time, but he popped up today. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and you know what me and him sat in my office and talked about before he left? He Baptist. Don't Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I said, he sure does. He says, you know what's wrong with our world? Nobody lifting up Jesus. This is a Baptist guy talking to me. He said, nobody lifting up Jesus. So we people are not being drawn. And so when we go to our church services, we're not seeing people really drawn because nobody wants to lift up Jesus. And so we apostolic, we should really understand that we need to be lifting up the name of Jesus. And when we come in here on a Sunday morning, we dance and we sing and we shout and we worship and we praise and we just give God the high praise and lift up the name of people's life will begin to be affected and they won't understand what's happening somebody that's addicted to something be, be set free and they're wondering what in the world is happening it's the power of God working because we lift up the name let's get this thing right let's pray the right prayers let's do the right things in the sight of God so God can be who he needs to be in our church, in our life because guess what? The devil can't stop you. The devil can't stop the will of God. All we have to do is just live in the will of God and we will just experience just supernatural divine blessings and the power of God in our life. God wants to do it. It's just up to us and we can't fail unless we walk away. We have to pray the prayers that God will respond to. You can pray anything you want. But I don't know about you. I don't like wasting time. And I want to pray the prayers that I know God is going to respond to. So if you got loved ones in your life and you want to see them, uh, God do something. God, I pray that my aunt will be saved. I lose the salvation of God in my aunt's life. That she will come in alignment with your will and walk according to your purpose for her life. I loose the will of God in my aunt's life. Don't fight with them. Just go pray those prayers. And sometimes you got to get a little bold now and you live with someone. Start letting them hear you pray for them. 
positive reinforcement. So you can walk around the house if you live with someone and you're trying to pray the will of God to them. God, I pray today for my spouse. Call their name. I pray today for my spouse that, Lord, you will allow them to experience you in an intimate way. That they will be sensitive and attentive to the leading of the spirit. Because you say, God, if we are the sons of God, then we will be led by the spirit of God. Will you let my Husband, or will you let my wife be led of the Spirit today? They hear you pray that in the morning. They like, ooh, they ain't got no choice but to start feel after the Spirit. What are you doing today, God? They're gonna be wondering what's going on because I prayed for you. Those are prayers according to God's will. God will respond to those prayers. When people come back and tell me, guess what? And they try to tell me something like like amazing about God, I don't even get all worked up. A lot of times I don't get worked up about things about God because I just know, I know what he is capable of. So I don't get all, I just praise him for who he is all the time. I just love God to just love him. What he does don't amaze me anymore because I know who he is. So sometimes, you know, you want to say, oh, I'm not amazed. I just try to live a constant life of worshiping and praising, acknowledging his, his, his sovereignty. I, I just try to live that every day. God, man, you are amazing. God, you're awesome. And I just try to live in that mode every day. Say that to him every day. Just let him know, I know. And when he does something crazy, more, most of the time when God does things crazy, it brings tears to my eyes more than it get anything going. Because all I say when he does it is, he loves us so much. We have no idea how much he loves us. He loves us so much. He does so much for us. I just thank God. Let's stand to our feet. I'm done. Prayers that God hears and he will respond to. Let's, let, let's apply what, we're, what we heard tonight in our life. Let's apply it. Let, let's, let's live by it. Let's institute what we've heard tonight that we will pray the prayers that God will hear. And those prayers are prayers that's according to his will. It might seem like baby prayers. It might seem like amateur prayers. But you know what? A lot of people want God to be deep. And God is deep to the place where we can never follow him. So he keep it simple for us. <laughs> God keeps it simple for us. We want to go deep. And he's saying, if I go deep on you, you can hang. So don't look for nothing deep from God. Just go simple right now. Let him keep it simple for you so you can understand it. Because God wants to do great things in your life. But not... To the place where you can't comprehend it. He wants you to understand because he needs you to go tell somebody about it. Bring somebody to church on Sunday. We're going to have a really good time. I believe God is going to move.